Uh, it's really nice to see you, to see you here on such a lovely day. I think we have to have the blind down. I think there's a lot of sunshine going to be streaming in here this morning. We're going to start our service this morning by singing uh, a hymn of praise. It's number 68 in the hymn book, or you can follow the words on the projector. And we're singing this hymn of praise. We're declaring our intention for every day. It says all the individual days and forever and ever. So from the small to the infinite. And we're declaring our intention to feel good, to feel good things in our heart about God and to tell other people. And extol, it's a funny word that, isn't it? If you extol the virtues of something, you gush about it, don't you? You tell everyone about it. And I think... That's what, that's what to me that word means. So, shall we sing this together? I will extol thee, my God, O King. I'm going to carry on uh, singing. This next song is about our time that we have this morning together to come with honesty before God and Jesus to express our simple longing to put Jesus at the centre. Um, I suspect a few of you won't know it, so those of you that do know it, please sing up. Father God, we come to praise and extol you. You are our God, you are our King. And we do come in weakness to meet you. Jesus, King of endless worth. because we know you Jesus because we know you our great God feeling this much weakness doesn't hurt we just feel accepted by you and we want to come closer with a sense of humility and a grateful heart Father bless us together in our family in our family service this morning of remembrance Speak to us, Lord. Help us to be ready to listen and act when you do speak to us. Amen. We're going to be taken on a, a journey this morning. And the journey starts a few thousand years ago in Egypt with the Israelites and the Jewish Passover. And we're going to come through to the feast that Jesus instituted a couple of thousand years ago and how that applies to us. Um, Ruth is going to come and read for us uh, from Numbers chapter 9. And Andy's going to be talking a little bit later to us about the Passover. Thanks, Ruth. Numbers chapter 9. The Lord spoke to Moses in the desert of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they came out of Egypt. He said, Make the Israelites celebrate the Passover at the appointed time. Celebrate it at the appointed time at twilight on the fourteenth day of this month in accordance with all its rules and regulations. So Moses told the Israelites to celebrate the Passover and they did so in the desert of Sinai at twilight on the fourteenth day of the first month. The Israelites did everything just as the Lord commanded Moses. 
But some of them did, could not celebrate the Passover on that day because they were ceremonially unclean on account of a dead body. So they came to Moses and Aaron that same day and said to Moses, We have become unclean because of a dead body, but why should we be kept from presenting the Lord's offering with the other Israelites at the appointed time? <clears throat> Moses answered them, Wait until I find out what the Lord commands concerning you. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites when any of you or your descendants are unclean because of a dead body or are away on a journey, they may still celebrate the Lord's Passover. They are to celebrate it on the 14th day of the second month at twilight. They are to eat the lamb together with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They must not leave any of it till morning or break any of its bones. When they celebrate the Passover, they must follow all the regulations. But if a man who is ceremonially clean and not on a journey fails to celebrate the Passover, that person must be cut off from his people because he did not present the Lord's offering at the appointed time. That man will bear the consequences of his sin. An alien living among you who wants to celebrate the Lord's Passover must do so in accordance with its rules and regulations. You must have the same regulations for the alien and the native-born. On the day the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony, was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command they would encamp. Then at his command they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days, or a month, or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped, and at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. It's the care news. Esau is back from his travels, and we're very thankful that he has returned safely. Um, we hear that Gladys's son Tony is not well, um, and Gladys still continues to struggle with her health, so our prayers are with you and Tony, Gladys. Um, also, remember to keep Marion and Pauline in our prayers with their ongoing health issues. Uh, Tony Tasker's mum is still unwell, so we should pray for Tony and her and the rest of the family. Please don't forget uh, John over in the Congo and all the work that he's doing. Uh, I have recently spoken to him and he's He's well. Um, in many respects, I think he'd rather be here with us, but still.
still he's doing good work for God in the Congo um, also a big thank you to everyone praying for Malcolm's dad he seems to be much improved this week um, also let's not forget the, the Dean family Zoe and um, her illness those are all the care news Joe is preparing care news next week and Charles is announcing next week if you have anything to give to him going to have our pastoral prayer as usual. If there's anything that uh, Alex hasn't mentioned that you would like us to pray about together as a family, then if you could let me know. Great Father God in heaven, we, we come before you in prayer and we know, we know how powerful you are. We know that you control the whole world. And Lord, we know how much you love us. Lord, we thank you for wanting us to come to you and bring our problems to you. And also to bring everything in our lives to you. There are so many things for us to be thankful for. Father, we thank you for the opportunities for working for you in this church. And we pray for a blessing on all the activities we've planned. Father, we pray for a special blessing on Gladys and Tony and Hortense who are suffering various different illnesses and trials at the moment. We pray you'll be close to them. We pray you'll be continually close to Marion and Pauline. And also we continue to pray for Tony and, and his mum. And we remember John in the Congo and we wish he was here with us too. And we think about Vicky's sister who's had some tests and it will be a worrying time for her and for Vicky and her family and we pray for them. Lord, thank you for, for hearing our prayers. Even the ones that we don't speak. We thank you that you're anxious to hear our prayers. And we thank you for acting in response to us. Father, I pray that we'll do the same, that we'll act in response to you. We ask all these things through the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Going to sing our next song now. Purify my heart. The last line of the song talks about being ready to do God's will. And I know that's something that Andy is going to be talking to us about shortly, being ready. Uh, and the reading we're about to have straight after this um, song, Paul, <laughs> um, from Matthew, uh, is also about being ready. So let's sing this together. Read to us Matthew um, 24, starting at verse 36. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen 
until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is faithful and wise servant, whom the Master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth. He will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour when he is not aware of him. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom! Come out to meet him! Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Good morning, it's good to see you this morning. Uh, we're going to begin back in Numbers chapter 9, so if you'd like to, uh, to follow, you might want to come back there. At Numbers chapter 9, we, we had that read a few weeks ago. I don't know how many of you were here. Uh, Martin was leading the service and we, we read from Numbers chapter 9. And um, that second part of the chapter just struck me at that point. I mean, it seems, it's a little bit amusing. Any of you who've seen the quest for the Holy Grail will sort of see what I mean. The way that it just repeats over and over and over and over. Have you got the message of that second part of the chapter? What did they do 
when the cloud stopped. They stopped. What did they do when the cloud moved? They moved. They, yeah, exactly. It says it over and over and over again. And it made me smile when, when we read it those few weeks ago. But what struck me after, after these slight amusements was how uncertain their life must have been. Can you imagine not knowing how long you're going to be moving for, how far you're moving, when you're going to be stopping, how long you're stopping for? Um, is it worth putting the awning on the tent? Those of you who've been involved with awnings will know that's quite a lengthy exercise and you wouldn't start if you were only staying for a few hours. So just imagine how uncertain that life must have been for them. Were they staying for one night, three months, a year? They didn't know. Uh, Vicky's comment was, well, you wouldn't put seeds in, would you? Um, their lifestyle must have been very different from anything that we can imagine. There was no real reason, ultimately, uh, well, there was ultimately, but there was no real reason on the face of it for God to do it like that. He could have uh, given Moses the directions and the timings, and Moses could have told the people how long they were staying and when they were moving again. But God didn't do it like that. So I thought perhaps there must be a lesson in this constant state of readiness that they had to be in. The first part of the chapter, we read about the Passover. And since I was thinking about readiness, I was reminded that the Passover also has an element of being ready in it. And it's not mentioned in chapter 9 there. It is mentioned in Exodus chapter 12, where the Passover is uh, instituted by God. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 8. We're in the middle of uh, God, uh, through Moses, telling the people how they were to celebrate the Passover. So I'm going to start at verse 8 of chapter 12 of Exodus. That same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with the bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, but roast it over the fire, head, legs and inner parts. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. And this is the bit I was wanting to bring out. This is how you are to eat it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. And then we read in verse 31 that uh, the call to leave came in the middle of the night. Verse 31. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people. You and the Israelites, go worship the Lord as you have requested. So they had to be ready. They had to be ready to go. Um, shoes on, cloak tucked into belt, which is a strange concept, but um, obviously that meant you were ready. You were ready to run. You weren't going to fall over your cloak, I guess. They were making themselves ready to leave everything they knew and to go on a journey into the unknown. A journey which could only be a journey of faith because they didn't know anything about it. So we've seen from these two passages that the Israelites had to be constantly ready. 
not just ready to leave from Egypt, but also always ready to encamp, always ready to decamp, if that's the right word, um, to, to strike out again into the desert. Their journey was going to take them from the slavery of Egypt into the desert and all the trials and tribulations that we read about in the desert. And then finally, it was going to lead them into the promised land. And it was not until they got to that promised land that they would be able to rest. They would always have to be on their toes, looking, watching, ready, until they got there. And then they would be able to rest and to relax in that promised land that God has prepared for them. And that is the journey that we also share. We all have an Egypt to leave, the place where we are trapped by our own sin, where we are enslaved by our own desires. We all have a journey to take with God, growing in our relationship through the events of our lives. And by God's grace, we also have a promised land to look forward to. So I think the lessons that we see that God taught the Israelites to be ready, we can take to for our journey now. And that's why I wanted us to read from Matthew, chapter 25, the parable that we read there. Because Jesus is is telling us a story here about readiness. The the ten virgins were all waiting for the bridegroom. I suspect they didn't know, they didn't go by the names of foolish and wise before this uh, the bridegroom arrived. They were just they were just ten people, ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom. And we know the story, we've just read it. Five of them had enough oil and five of them did not. And they had to be ready, they had to be prepared, they had to put time and effort in before the bridegroom arrived in order to share in the feast. And we can think of the parallels for our journey now of being ready and prepared to share in God's kingdom when Jesus returns. So what is it that we need to be ready for? What is it that we are to watch? The Israelites had to watch the cloud. Um, As we remember, when it moved, they moved. When it stopped, they stopped. Think of the consequences of not watching that cloud. Uh, Maybe you'd carry on. Uh, Maybe you were looking up at the sky and everybody else had stopped and you looked around and there was nobody there and you were lost in the desert on your own. It's it's not very likely, is it? Maybe you oversleep and you come out of your tent and there's nobody there, just bits of that tumbleweed spinning past. Again, there was in such a big group of people it was never going to happen, but the idea that, that you had to watch, you had to be constantly aware of this cloud, constantly noticing what it was doing. It was giving them direction, wasn't it? It was showing them the way to go and when to go. 
And we too need to be looking for God's direction in our lives. Where is God sending us next? What does he want us to do? Are we listening and looking always for God's direction in our lives? Are we ready at any moment to stop what we're doing and to go and to do God's work? Or have we ordered our life in a way that makes it really rather difficult to leave off what we're doing? Are we halfway through putting the awning up and so we couldn't possibly start taking it down again? Do we rely on our own strength and our own sense of direction to take us on our journey instead of relying on God for both those things? Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Um, it's only one verse. Even I'm not going to look it up. It says, Be ready to do what is good. 1 Peter 3, verse 15, very famous verse. Always be prepared to give an answer. We are counselled always to be ready. Always prepared. We are called to follow Jesus. Jesus is our cloud of fire. And we need to follow him where he goes and follow his directions. Luke chapter 9, Jesus makes a point about being ready. It's a difficult uh, set of verses. We find it perhaps uncomfortably challenging. Luke chapter 9 and verse 59. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Very challenging words. How do, we, how do we understand those? How do we interpret those for our life now? I'm not going to go into that. You need to have a think about it. We all do. Jesus is challenging us to be ready to go, to follow. To always be going in the direction that he wants us to go. Not to look back, not to look away, not to find suddenly that the cloud is somewhere else out of sight. But constantly keeping our eyes on Jesus. And on following him. And the other aspect of watching is one that the Israelites shared too. The Israelites, for every move they made, every camp that they left, was taking them closer to the promised land. Now we know that geographically that wasn't really the case because they went round and round and all over the place. But in time, they were definitely getting closer to the promised land. And at the start, can you imagine the excitement each time they set off? Is the next stop going to be the promised land? Will it be the next time? And we can share that excitement. Maybe it's an excitement that is biggest at the start of our journey and maybe wanes a little. But that excitement should be there. That focus that we are always moving towards our promised land should be there. And it will, no doubt, at times wane. Can you imagine after the 
how many if move would the novelty wear off? Would the uncertainty become a burden for the Israelites? And maybe for us on our journey, all the knocks, all the stumbles become a trial. But let's keep our focus on the promised land at the end. Every change in our world brings us closer to the promised land, to Jesus' return. Every change in the political systems around that we see, we can watch that. We can think, is this one? Is it this change? Is it this time? Is it this war which might lead to Jesus' return? We can keep that excitement and that focus that God's kingdom is coming. They're signposts on the journey. And in Matthew 24, Jesus gives us some hints, some signposts. But he also says we've got to keep watching. Uh, Verse 42 of, of Matthew 24. Therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Verse 44, so you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Going on into verse 45, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants of his household to give them their food at the proper time? It would be good for that servant who master finds him doing so when he returns. We must be ready, we must be doing God's work now. That promised land we look forward to is God's kingdom, which Jesus will establish. The writer to the Hebrews ties together the two journeys that we're thinking about this morning. The journey of the Israelites in the desert and our journey towards God's kingdom. Hebrews chapter 4. And this, these uh, verses pick up on this idea of always being ready, of not being able to rest and relax on our journey. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 8. We are going in sort of partway through a passage. It's talking about rest, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And it's going to pick up in verse 8 with Joshua, who of course took the people into the promised land itself. Verse 8 of Hebrews 4. If Joshua had given them rest, that's the Israelites, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So we are promised a future rest. We are promised a part in God's kingdom. But we must be ready. 
We must be prepared. We must be focused on doing God's will. And you'll notice there that you can't pretend. You can't pretend that you really want God's kingdom to come because nothing is hidden from God. He knows our hearts. He knows our thoughts. He knows the difference between our soul and our spirit. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And in Hebrews 11, this is some verses which I quoted last time I was here, which isn't long enough ago. Um, Verse 13 of chapter 11. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them for a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on the earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. That can be about us. We can be in there. If we say that we are strangers and aliens, not rooted, not with our tent pegs firmly set in the stone, but always ready to get up and to leave and to go and to follow God's direction, to follow that pillar of cloud and fire who is our Lord Jesus Christ and to do his work. So as we share our Passover meal now, Let's resolve to be ready, to be watching for God's direction. We read in Numbers that there is nothing that should stop us from sharing this meal. The people who were unclean because of a dead body, they could share it. And we can share this Passover meal now as God's people committed to him and to following his son. So let's keep our shoes on, let's keep our staff in our hand and our cloak tucked into our belt and be ready and eager to serve our Lord. We're going to break bread and drink wine as Jesus asked us to. Before we do, we're going to sing our next song, which is about looking at the cloud, looking at what God has put there in front of us for us to keep track on this so we know where we should be going in our life whether we should be moving or staying still open our eyes Lord we want to see Jesus open our ears and help us to listen let's sing this together our Heavenly Father we've come and stopped Your cloud, your spirit is moving in this place. You are meeting with us, just as you met with the Israelites of old. You've stopped that we can focus on you and the Lord Jesus. And we see the Lord Jesus in this bread. His body that was hung on the tree but more importantly, his life that was given for us. 
And so, Lord, as we stop, help us to refocus. And help us to leave this place mindful that you can stop us at any time. Help us to be open to your word. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much for the love that you have given us. We see that in this bread, Lord, as we take it amongst each other. Everybody is welcome to partake. That's what you said to Moses. And here, Lord, again, we are welcome, whatever state of mind, whatever state we're in, Lord. We are welcome to partake in this bread. And so, Lord, we praise and we honour you. Through the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. Andrew is going to come and lead our thanks for the cup. Thank you. Father in heaven, here we are again. Preparing to Drink this wine, the symbol of the new covenant that you, Jesus, had and have with us. But so often, Lord, we can treat you as a familiar friend that we come to now and again during the week. And here we are again. And yet, Father, you're always there by our side. Help us this day to resolve to look to you and to combine with what we've been thinking about this morning with our faith so that we are truly going to be ready. We are lifting up our eyes and looking for the return of Jesus. For so often, Lord, we go off on our own way doing the things we want to do, putting down roots in this world when our roots should be in you. As we pause and think of the grace and the love that is poured down on us day by day, help us to truly respond to that and to think about why we are in situations in our lives. What can we do for you? Help us to follow you, Father, faithfully. So here are thanks for all you've blessed us with. And may your Son soon come. And we look to you, Jesus as our hope and our saviour and give you our thanks. Amen. And is reminded of, of a challenge, a challenge in words of Jesus about us being ready. I was thinking when Andy was speaking to us and when we read that passage in Numbers about the Israelites in the camp and there's two kinds Maybe they're the wise and the foolish. That some really wouldn't get along very well with being uprooted and the uncertainty. And those same people are the people who very easily put down roots in this world. And the other kind of people who love God, who trust God, who know that what God says and that where God wants them to be is the good place to be would have had no problem with it at all would have taken their worries about the future away and they live just for today to enjoy the sunshine 
or whatever God sent them for that day. And I was reminded of a program on television called uh, The Hustle. Anyone seen it? The Hustle? That's a group of con men. Uh, but they're good con men. They only con bad people. No. It's a good program. I, I really enjoy it. It's my kind of thing. And I've seen only the latest series, and I've recently gone back and watched series one, when they get together as a group, and the leader says to one of the new um, recruits, never have anything in your life that you can't leave in five minutes. And for them, they're, what they were trying to, they're trying to not have any roots so that the law doesn't catch up with them. But I think the same is sort of true for us, and I think it's the challenge that Jesus gives us and that Andy has talked to us about today. Not that the police will catch up with us, I hope that's not the issue, but the world. Cedric talked in his talk, he quoted someone else, I can't remember who he was quoting about, you grab hold of your possessions, don't hold on too tight in case your possessions grab back hold of you. And I think that's um, all about being ready to leave at a moment's notice. We're going to sing our next song now. Um, Jesus, all for Jesus. I think, as we sang in our one of our in our second hymn, it's all about you, Jesus. Looking at the cloud, looking at where God is guiding us, and being able to give everything over to Jesus, all of our ambitions and plans and the roots that we would put in the world to not put them in the world and put them in Jesus instead. So are we ready? Are we ready that when we hear our, our Lord and our King of endless worth and we hear him speaking to us, are we ready to listen and act? And we're going to finish our service singing together uh, hymn number 208, Lord, Speak to Me. Shall we pray together? Father, we thank you that you know us so well, that you know we need to be gathered around here to come and be reminded of your words, to come and be reminded of who you are. And Father, help us, help us not to take these lovely gifts you've given us, the families, the homes, the beautiful sunshine, Help us not just to love them, but help us to love you because of your gifts to us. And help us not to cling to these gifts, Lord, but to cling to you and to be ready to, to do your will at our moment's notice, to give an answer, to act, to not act, to be, to be an echo of you in the world. is our honour to be, Lord, to be a little piece of you. So Lord, thank you for the time we've been able to share this morning. And I pray that what we've learnt will go with us and help us in our walk towards your kingdom. We ask these things and we give you our praise in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>